This is Lisa Miller and Associates, Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. Now, here's Lisa Miller. Welcome, friends. The Florida Legislature convenes its 2019 session this coming Tuesday, March 5th. The big insurance issue, the growing cost of property insurance claims litigation, is front and center. But there are also bills that would change Florida's no-fault auto insurance laws and more than 200 bills funding much-needed hurricane micro-relief to the mostly poor 14 Panhandle counties still struggling with debris cleanup and recovery. I spend a lot of time over there and I'll be closely watching these bills. But there are other issues lawmakers are addressing as well as of, of interest about whether to allow smokable medical marijuana and whether holding or touching your smartphone while driving should be made illegal. Of course, in the interest of, of roadway safety. We're, we're happy to have with us today Jim Saunders, executive editor for the News Service of Florida. I've known Jim since I started in regulation in 2003 and what an incredible writer and what he does to keep us educated in the press is simply amazing. He's been doing reporting and educating his readers for over 30 years. Jim, welcome to the Florida Insurance Roundup. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You know, the topics that I think we should touch on today, of course, are property insurance, which is near and dear to my heart. And you've heard about the assignment of benefits issue and, and that attorney's fees are driving it. The other side says, no, the insurance companies are bringing the lawsuits. The reason we've got so many problems is because the insurance companies aren't paying their claims timely. What do you see being some of the issues you may cover and that may be important this session? Well, I think AOB is the main event in the insurance world, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of insurance issues out there, but I think everybody's mostly, uh, the biggest focus is on this. Uh, you know, the, the attorney's fees are the key issue, at least as I see in the, in the whole debate. Um, the Senate has tried, uh, Senate Committee, Senate Banking Insurance Committee brought up a bill that would have just gone straight out limiting attorney's fees. That didn't make it out of committee in this first stop. So they're gonna, they've back, gone back to the drawing board and trying to, to rework that. We were told last week by the Senate President that uh, the Senate Banking Insurance Chairman um, Broxson, as well as Senate Judiciary Chairman David Simmons, have been working behind the scenes to try to come up with a with a new bill that might make it out of that committee and start moving as the session goes along. But uh, but you know it's a complicated issue. There, it's very heavily lobbied. There's there's uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of people on both sides and coming at it pretty hard. I mean, it's a, it's a big money issue. Um, it started out in South Florida, but it's kind of moved a, a, around the state. So, uh, you know, and the insurance commissioner, David Altmeyer, has uh, become pretty aggressive in terms of, of calling for changes. So there's a lot of different factors there, but I, I think that truly is the, the, the sort of the main event, if you will, in the insurance world uh, for this session. And this bill is supposed to come up in Senate and Bank, a revised bill is supposed to come up in Senate Banking and Insurance on Monday. I have not seen it yet, but, uh, you know, I think we might have a better feel at that point as to what direction this might start to take. I have a feeling it's going to have to be a little more nuanced than the, than the initial version, which was pretty much just a full-on attack on attorney's fees. Absolutely, and I think nuance is the word. And you hear, 
and I hope for our listeners, we'll make sure to post when that meeting is on Monday afternoon so that we can watch the debate. But I think when I listen to the people that come to the podium and testify, you have contractors who say, I can't get paid without one. You have consumers saying, I can't talk to my insurance company because I signed one. And you have insurance companies saying, we can't do anything because of one. So it just makes you wonder, where does where is this going to land? I know from my perspective, I deal primarily with consumers who have signed one. I do that as a public service. They find me on the internet. And I've talked to so many of them. I've interviewed them on my podcast who've said, I can't believe I signed it and I wish I hadn't. So that feeds right into Hurricane Michael. You know, that's our latest storm. Um, I live an hour and a half, two hours from Panama City. I know you've been over there. And you'll see the canvassers and the signs on the side of the road of people that are trying to get folks to sign up with them to repair their roof or fix their water. I know there's a lot of discussion about how much money should we pump into that part. What are you seeing? You've worked many hurricanes, the response, the recovery. What's your perspective about what's going on with Hurricane Michael? Well, it's uh, first off, I can on the ALB issue on Hurricane Michael. Right. Uh, I think that's sort of a, a wild card in this whole ALB debate is that there are so many people out in the panhandle who are suffering. And uh, if you look at, uh, you know, there, there's on both sides, it kind of comes into the ALB debate because you, you say there's some, keep hearing there's fly-by-night contractors out there trying to sign people up for for work. On the other hand, I hear people say, you know, I can't get my, my roof repaired. So it's kind of a, a, a wild card that plays into that whole political debate as well. But your broader question, I mean, Hurricane Michael is a big going to be a big issue for this session in a lot of ways. Uh, but I think one of the keys is the budget issues that are involved. I mean, there have been hundreds of millions of dollars worth of bills filed already, appropriations bills, trying to get assistance for all kinds, I mean, hospitals, schools, uh, you name it out there. Uh, You know, the interesting part about, or I shouldn't say interesting, but sort of the unique part about this hurricane is that it, uh, it, it wasn't a massive, wide-ranging like Irma was, which started in the Keys and wound up causing flooding in Jacksonville. (laughs) I mean, it was crazy. But, you know, this was far more um, focused or more... But but where it went, the, the damage is so bad. I mean, you drive through Bluntstown, which I've done several times in the last few months, and it is just like... Senator Monford said it, but it looks like a bomb went off. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are trees down everywhere. There's businesses destroyed. There's homes that have the root. You know, just awful. So, uh, you know, there it's it's going to be a big budget issue. They've got to figure out how much they can want to spend on it. When the federal government will reimburse it. Uh, so there's a lot of issues like that. You know, it's not just a budget issue, though, too, because we're hearing a lot from the agriculture community, for instance. I mean, timber is a big industry in the panhandle, big industry, not only for the growers, but the mills and everything else. And destruct. I mean, you don't have to drive far out there and see trees down everywhere. So, uh, you know, they took a big hit. So the, the, the destruction of that storm has is, is, is really uh, going to be an issue. I, I think some people in the panhandle are worried, though, that the, that the damage was so focused on their area that, you know, the people in, you name it, Jacksonville, Miami, don't really have a, a clue as to how bad it is. 
that that could hurt them in trying to get assistance. Well, I know you and your colleague reporters, have, I still see it on in the news occasionally. I think that the residents over there are appreciative every time someone does a story about it. But for my listeners, I often say, I hope that you are able to drive through the destruction, and then I hope that you never see it again, because it is just that bad. Well, you know, and as you alluded to, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, no. but as you alluded to, I mean, a lot of those areas are rural and low income too so that's another dynamic in this debate which is you know uh whether uh the assistance needs to be even greater for those circumstances absolutely you know you think about the median income over there the one of the largest employers is the department of corrections right correctional officers make less than 30 some average of thirty thousand dollars a year many did not have insurance couldn't afford it so we just have to hope that we can balance what this budget does and we have to balance it and help them as well Moving on to medical marijuana, there was a lively appropriations committee meeting last week, and of course, one of the most vocal senators in our state is Senator Jeff Brandis. <laughs> he, uh, you know, for the past couple of years, has talked about medical marijuana. He calls those that have licenses the cartel. He's a big believer in free markets, and he's just so entertaining to follow. And evidently, in that appropriations committee, he asked some pretty pointed questions. Were you at that committee meeting? Did you I, watch it? I, I was not. Uh, one of our reporters, Derek Ham, covers. Uh, medical marijuana night night and day so I I leave it to her she's amazing and I read her story (laughs) so you know one of the questions that I think he asked was how much were those licenses worth once Mm they were received and they got through the bureaucratic maze whatever company and and, and the uh, testimony was like 80 million dollars and that really touched his heart so are we going to be able to smoke it, Jim, by the end of session? Are we going to be able to get licenses? Are we going to have people that want, you know, one of the things they want to do is to take away um, some organization. Right now, the requirement is they have to do everything. They have to grow it. Right. They have to process it. They have to distribute it. And what Senator Brandis is saying, no, if you're a great distributor, you you know, so comment on what you think is going to happen. Well, I think there's two issues. One is the smoking issue. And uh, Governor DeSantis made pretty clear, he, in fact, he's kind of drawn a line that says, you are going to telling the legislature we are going to allow smokable mar- medical marijuana. The House and the Senate have somewhat different bills. There's some differences in the details of that, but they're both heading in the direction to uh, allow smoking of medical marijuana. Again, it's going to be restricted. It won't be just totally, you know, walking down the street kind of thing. But, right. but, uh, but I, I think that part of it will happen, and I think that the governor's made pretty clear. But he's going to make it happen. He's going to make it happen. Um, the, the other issue, though, which uh, you referred to as the regulation of the industry, uh, I am not as confident or, or sure that there is going to be a lot of regulatory changes. Uh, Ray Rodriguez, the House uh, uh, Health and Human Services uh, chairman, uh, told Dara this week that, uh, you know, they want to take it slow. Don't expect big changes. There, there are issues... In terms of the numbers of licenses that uh, that medical marijuana uh, operators can get, uh, there's also restrictions on the amount of, of dispensaries, the actual retail stores that they can operate. There's the issue that you referred to, which is called what they call this vertical integration. You know, great right. terms, all these terms that people come up with, but uh, but you know, where essentially, like you said, they. W- each operation has to do all of the functions and there's a lot of question about why is that you know why can't one person grow it and another person sell it you know so um you know if there's a lot of unhappiness uh with some of those things 
But this legislature's taken a very go slow approach on this issue. It's gotten them into a whole lot of litigation too. Yes. Uh, there's a bunch of cases sitting up at the first district court of appeal right now on these very issues, but uh, but they don't seem to be in any rush to, to redo the regulatory uh, system other than the smoking. There may be some tinkering around the edges. Um, one of the issues is to make it easier for uh, veterans to be able to have access to identification cards that are needed to be able to actually receive medical marijuana to you know make those free for veterans or low cost. You know, there's some issues like that that I think people rally around, but some of these big money regulatory issues, I think are, uh, I would be surprised to see sweeping changes at least in those areas. Very interesting, we'll be watching that one for sure. Speaking of big money, let's talk about algae bloom and water quality. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, the governor came out with a big, bold statement. He's gonna hire a resiliency officer. Um, he's a science officer, technologist. He uh, uh, has put in his budget close to $700 million to clean up our water. Uh, it, it, algae bloom has just been on everybody's mind, red tide. And of course, when you have algae bloom plus red tide, it, it's just worse than anything. We had both of them come. What are your think, thoughts about funding water quality issues and where you think we're gonna end in the beginning of May? Um, my hunch is that uh, there will be a, a you know, a a large package, but I, I'm not sure it will go to the extent that the governor's asking for. I mean, he's asking for a, a lot of money, and, and we keep getting signals from the legislative leaders that, you know, uh, there may not be as much money out there as, as what, uh, what some people think. So, uh, you know, I think he'll get quite a bit. He, you know, I think he surprised some people with his aggressiveness on this issue. I, one thing I keep in mind uh, on this issue, though, is, you know, a lot of those areas that were really affected by this, by both red tide and algae last year, are very big Republican areas. Yes. And I don't think you can, like, put that out of your mind. I mean, Lee County, Martin County, uh, Sarasota County, you know, those sorts of areas are very big Republican areas. And I so I think he's very cognizant of those issues uh, in those areas. Again, I do think there will be a, a significant package coming out. Some of the things he can do by himself, and he's already started it. Um, there's um, these uh, resiliency initiatives and stuff. They can do some of that within the, the Department of Environmental Protection, and they've already started doing that. I like his vision for what we need to do. Of course, in my humble opinion, our whole world revolves about water. We don't make enough. How do we clean it? Where do we transport it? I mean, water, water, water. Well, in Florida, it's always, I mean, <laughs> you can go back in history in Florida for, you know, I mean, uh, developing South Florida involved water issues. So, no so and many other areas of the state. All so. about it. Uh, rounding up kind of our top topics, um, you know, we hear about automated vehicles and I follow it kind of peripherally. I know you do too. Uh, you know, one of our senators drives an autonomous vehicle. It's fun to watch and see what happens when he takes his hands off the wheel and, and, and others are, you see the charging stations all over town and, you know, I'm almost 60 years old and I, I hope I can see it in my lifetime what's going to happen there. And I, I'd like to think that our legislature is going to be progressive in that and you know whether you cover those meetings or not i wonder if that issue is going to dim with the other pressing monetary issues because it takes appropriations and money to retrofit our highways for putting these autonomous vehicles on them so just comment if you you know in terms of budget priorities 
where do you, what do you think will be, let's just say one to five. If you were going to guess and you had a crystal ball, what will be the top funder? What will be the next one going down the list of all the priorities of budget requests this year? What do you think it will be? Well, um, <laughs> I'm not really sure about autonomous vehicles, mm-hmm. whether that's – it's not a priority I've heard from legislative leadership. Gotcha. So that, okay. uh, you know, there is another big uh, transportation initiative that, that, that Senator Galvano, the president, Senator President, is focusing on, which I think is going to be the big transportation issue of the session, which is he wants to extend the Suncoast Parkway from the Tampa Bay area all the way up to the Georgia border. Uh, he also wants to uh, build essentially an expressway from Polk County down to Collier County, which is another issue that's been talked about for years and years. He also wants to extend the turnpike from Wildwood over towards the West Coast. So he is, uh, you know, he has a vision for some major transportation uh, development over the next uh, next. It, it would he told us it basically would take a decade to to play all this out. But he wants to get it started. So I think the transportation issue we're going to be hearing about is uh, the Senate president's priority. Um, There may be some issues like the autonomous vehicles issue that are smaller dollar amounts, and they may be able to make some inroads in those issues. But, but, you know... in terms of big money, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anybody really talking about that being a major priority. I mean, just overall, uh, you know, education budget is always going to be a big priority. We've got uh, Speaker Oliva, Jose Oliva. Uh, you know, he's constantly uh, focused on healthcare costs, talking about trying to find ways to drive down healthcare costs. But you know, the Medicaid budget is twenty-eight billion dollars. I mean, it's huge. And, uh, you know, so um, those types of issues, there's also a lot of issues in the prison system. Uh, A lot of uh, uh, wardens testified a week or two ago in committee about the problems in the the correction system, and a lot of that's going to cost money. So there's a lot of competing demands out there in addition to the environmental issues that we discussed earlier. Well, Jim, that about wraps us up. That's going to keep us really busy. Busy session starts on Tuesday, March 5th for our, our listeners. Any of you that might want to follow some of these issues, uh, we're happy to, to answer your calls and your and your uh, request. And I just want to thank Jim Saunders, our guest today, executive editor of the New Service of Florida. Jim, thank you for being here today. Well, well thanks again. And if there's a uh, an interest in wanting to subscribe, if I may do a commercial for you, Jim. <laughs> we love we love subscribers. We do, and I am a loyal <laughs> subscriber. Um, you can simply go to newsserviceflorida.com. Newsserviceflorida.com. I highly recommend. Uh, you know, you taking a look at that and subscribing. I get something in my box at least four or five times a day. And they're on top of everything. So with this session coming this Tuesday, we have a lot going on. We talked about the assignment of benefits, the AOB issue, you know, uh, medical marijuana, and all the various issues that the legislature has to tackle. And Jim, this will be my close to 35th session on and off working in and out of the legislature. So I've got my my work cut out for me. But in our podcast show notes, we'll make sure to link all of the information about these, a lot of these issues for you. And if you don't see something, we're happy to direct you. So what do you think? 
we want to hear what what you're doing as a you know Floridians every day going to work every day. A lot of these issues affect your pocketbook and how you uh, live your quality of life here. We will look forward to hearing your comments or questions. You can call us at 850-388-8002. That's 850-388 8002 or of course email me. I love hearing from you. Lisa Miller at Lisa Miller Associates with an S on the end.com. Lisa Miller at Lisa Miller Associates.com. So that's it for this edition of the Florida Insurance Roundup. I thank you for being a part of it and listening to it and being such loyal followers of our work. Remember at Lisa Miller Associates, we've got a passion for good public policy and client success. And I'm Lisa Miller. And until next time, I look forward to seeing you on the trail. Thank you. This has been Lisa Miller and Associates' Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. For more information on today's program, please visit us on the web at www.lisamillerassociates.com.